Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Um, this morning, uh, Pastor Mark, let me talk again, and it's an honor uh, and really a privilege to have him hand over the mic to a layperson in the church. Yeah, I'm, I'm a church, I'm a member of this family just like you. Um, and uh, nothing special about me. I just uh, wanted to give a message today, and it's about Pastor Mark's sabbatical. And I titled it Support for Pastor Mark's Sabbatical, but I, I changed it this morning to Honoring Pastor Mark's Sabbatical. Um, and it's about his need for a sabbatical and what, what that really is uh, with biblical support, of course. And in researching the topic of pastors taking sabbaticals, I was shocked at the host of articles on the subject on the Internet. I mean, I limited a search to just the past year, and these are some of the headlines. 38% of Protestant pastors want to quit due to burnout. Pastoral burnout in a negative world. Pastoral burnout on the rise again. Stress, burnout afflicting pastors. Pastoral burnout and Pauline strength. American pastors admit feeling overworked and overcommitted. In a great resignation, is a great resignation brewing for pastors? The brutal privilege of pastoring today. Those are just from the past year. If I, if I didn't limit it to the past year, there'd be a vast number of articles going back years on this subject. And it's for this reason that many churches require, actually require their pastors to take a sabbatical. Many churches require it every seven years, and they require them to take three months. Um, so what is a sabbatical? Well, the first thing is it's not a vacation. It's time off from the regular routine, the regular day-to-day -day routine, the regular stresses of the day-to-day -day that every pastor experiences. And it's a time to refresh and restore and to allow God to recreate the passion in the pastor and to impart fresh dreams and fresh goals. It's a time to seek God, study His Word, receive prophetic insight from Holy Spirit concerning God's plans for our future. Um, last week, Julia talked about seasons in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, and that's interesting because Pastor Mark is going through a season. Um, in looking at the, uh, what other pastors have said, one pastor described burnout as the season when a pastor loses the motivation, hope, energy, joy, focus required to fulfill his work, and these losses center upon the work itself. And Pastor Mark is just going through the season where his motivation and his focus needs to be replenished by the Lord. Much like the way, by way of analogy, the field in Leviticus. You all remember the field in Leviticus? It's Leviticus 25, 1 through 5. While Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Lord said to him, 
Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you have entered the land that I am giving you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. For six years, you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops. But during the seventh year, the land must have a Sabbath year of complete rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year. And don't store away the crops that grow on their own or gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. The land must have a year of complete rest. You know, think about the effect of the seventh year Sabbath on the land. It kept the land from going fallow. The land uh, Sabbath rejuvenated the soil and gave it the nutrients it needed for vigorous growth over the next six years. Similarly, Pastor Mark's spirit and soul will be rejuvenated during his sabbatical. The sabbatical will allow Pastor Mark the opportunity to commune with God without the daily interruptions and challenges associated with pastoring this church family so that he can restore his motivation, hope, energy, joy, and focus required to fulfill his work for the kingdom of God and to continue to lead our church family during our earthly journey. Uh, getting back to Leviticus, the land was to rest for a whole year. The question was, how was the farmer then, his family, and his livestock to survive? Well, there's two ways that God provided for that. Leviticus 25, 6-7 says, But you may eat whatever the land produces on its own during its Sabbath. This applies to you, your male, female servants, your hired workers, and the temporary residents who live with you. Your livestock and the wild animals in your land will also be allowed to eat what the land pr produces. So while Pastor Mark takes his much-needed sabbatical, the Lord will provide our church family, right, with our spiritual needs. In Pastor Mark's absence, we will spiritually feed off whatever this church provides through God. Second, the Lord said something else. Much like the double portion of manna that appeared on the sixth day when the Israelites were going through their journey. So the Sabbath, um, the land Sabbath, the sixth year of the land, I mean, the, the sixth year of harvest would be double of the previous years so that you had enough food to go on. And this is what it says in Leviticus, Leviticus 25, 20. But you might ask, what will we eat during the seventh year since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year. In um, 21 and 22, it says, Be assured, I will send my blessing to you in the sixth year, so the land will produce a crop large enough for three years. When you plant your fields in the eighth year, you will still be eating from the large crop of the sixth year. In fact, you will still be eating from that large crop when the new crop is harvested in the ninth year. So when Pastor Mark comes back and starts preaching, we don't have to listen to him, right? We've got, <laughs> we've got another three years. But think of it. Without us knowing it, God was feeding our church a double portion this past year. And during his sabbatical, we're going to be feeding off those messages. I mean, just look last week when Julia was talking. What did she preach about? What Pastor Mark always says, live it, and she reinforced it. And that's an example of how we continue to feed off 
the messages of the last year and will continue to be feeding into the next year and the year following. God, God just provides. He's amazing, isn't he? Um, let me just read Leviticus 25:22 again. When you plant your fields in the eighth year, you will still be eating from the large crop of the sixth year. In fact, you will still be eating from that large crop when the new crop is harvested in the ninth year. So when Pastor Mark announced he needed to take a sabbatical, you know, I, I detected from everyone's reaction that we fully support him doing that. I don't think there's anyone here that says he shouldn't. Based on what I've learned from preparing my message this morning, we should not only encourage, um, I mean, we should not only support Pastor Mark, but encourage him to take as much time as he needs. Uh, he said his fellow pastor said to take 12 weeks, and he was thinking six, so he split it. He said eight. But last week, Julia said six, maybe, and so we don't want him to take six. We want him to take eight because the eighth week, I believe, if I'm wrong, let me know, is going to be uh, the fifth Sunday in July 31, and we can celebrate his return. All right. So um, listen to these statistics about why sabbaticals are important. 38% of pastors are thinking of quitting the ministry. 51% are from mainline denom denominations. Of the 38% thinking of quitting the ministry, almost half are under age 45. 72% of pastors report working between 55 to 75 hours per week. Now, Pastor Mark works on average, I asked him, 75 hours a week. And Pastor Christine volunteers at least 60 hours a week working for Life Fellowship without pay. 75 hours a week equates to 12-hour days if you include the Sabbath. In other words, you don't work on the Sabbath. So 12-hour days. Together, Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine labor 135 hours a week for us. That's over 22 hours a day. I've never heard Pastor Mark or Pastor Christine complain about this, have you? Um, in fact, two Sundays ago, Pastor Mark said how much of a privilege and honor it is to lead us and how much he loves us and cares for us. And he repeated that he deeply loves us and cares for us. I mean, there were tears coming out of his eyes when he said that. He has said that numerous times over the years, and that's why he labors so hard for us, but that's a lot of hours devoted to our church, right? Without a meaningful break, it's no wonder he needs a sabbatical. And here are some more statistics. 45% 45, 45 of pastors spend 10 to 15 hours a week on sermon preparation. Pastor Mark spends between four, 10 to 14 hours on each one of his messages, and he wants to double that, but he can't because of the other constraints of his time. 80% believe pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. You know, many pastors' children do not attend church now because of what the church has done to their parents. I don't think this applies to Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine, though. Their marriage is rock solid, and they make a fantastic God-ordained team. Amen? 52% of pastors feel overworked and cannot meet their church's expectations. 54% of pastors find the role of a pastor overwhelming. 35% of pastors battle depression or fear of inadequacy. Over 50% of pastors state the biggest challenge is to recruit volunteers and encourage their members to ch change 
their way of life. Here's one that really gets to me. 70% of pastors do not have someone they consider to be a close friend. Isn't that sad? And only one out of every 10 pastors will retire as a pastor. Now, there's some positive statistics, and a couple of them are 73% of churches are treating their pastors better. You know, there's the, the clergy appreciation month that helps. There's better education on the role of being a pastor. And many denominations are becoming more aware of the stresses and strains of being a pastor, which is why they're requiring sabbaticals. 90% um, of pastors feel they are called. Does that sound like Pastor Mark? And in, um, and in the place where God has called them. After hearing about the work that Pastor Mark does for us and, and after hearing these statistics, it's no wonder that he needs uh, a sabbatical because he must be spiritually drained. He needs that sabbatical. We need to encourage it. Um, he's been working nonstop for years, week in and week out, to help us and encourage us to grow spiritually, to strengthen and nurture our personal relationship with God. And it says in Hebrews 13, 17, to watch over our souls. We might not know or appreciate all that he does in front of us, and we certainly don't know what he does behind the scenes, many of us. And I don't know everything he does for us, but I have observed some of them. For starters, as I said, he spends at least 10 to 14 hours each week developing his messages, and he wants to spend more time doing that. On top of that, he makes sure the technical aspects of the Sunday message is, is sound and of good quality. He's always searching for ways to improve the quality of delivering our message to the community. During any given week, he handles issues associated with our church. He deals with the church property. Right now, trying to get power to it, trying to get it secure, dealing with issues relating to the church's mineral interest, and planning the build on the property. He frequently attends small groups. You know, that's late at night. On top of that, he's on call 24-7. He works on our behalf around 75 hours a week, as I said, but he thinks about us 24-7. Also, think about all that he went through recently. There was the stress of finding a new home for the church. Uh, and fortunately, we have a temporary home right now, but that was a great stress, wasn't it? Then there was the stress associated with um, purchasing the property and getting everything on the property squared away. Then there was COVID-19 and trying to figure out a way to continually feed us spiritually during the times that we were at home. And during all this, he lost his mother. Uh, most recently, there was a stress of securing a worship team for Resurrection Sunday. You know, our worship team uh, wouldn't be here, so we had to figure out a way to have a worship team. That, that was a great stress for him. Does, he, does anyone doubt that Pastor Mark works hard among us and gives us spiritual guidance of the type contemplated in 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, and 12? This is what, that, this is what it says. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. And then there's the upcoming challenges, right? 
the main one being building a permanent home for us on the property. That's not going to be easy. It will take a lot of time and energy. Um, one of the messages that God provided to Pastor Mark recently was prepare. Remember that? Pastor Mark's sabbatical, I think, is preparing Pastor Mark by equipping him with the energy and drive he will need to lead us into our new chapter. It says in Ephesians 6.12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Well, there's no doubt, Pastor Mark, he's an effective pastor, right? So he's a target by these dark forces. Uh, they set up roadblocks to hamper him, to spread the word of God. Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine are attacked by these principalities and powers every day. They must be. Of course, they wear the armor of God, right? But we see evidence of the attacks just with the church property. How many obstacles have been placed before us? And it never ends. It's, obviously, it's obvious to us that the enemy does not want us there. But we will overcome, but we need a rejuvenated Pastor Mark to lead us there. Uh, we are fortunate that Pastor Mark takes his calling from God seriously. You know, uh, he has a genuine and never-ending concern for our welfare, our spiritual well-being. We all see that. But think of the pressure he faces week in and week out to stand before us each Sunday to present a fresh word from God. Think about the fact that he's accountable to God for every word he speaks. That's another stress and pressure we don't deal with as laypersons, right? James 3.1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. So the burden that comes with pastoring a church have emotional, physical, spiritual ramifications that we don't always see. I summarize just a few of these many stresses from a viewpoint of another pastor. He says, in the course of a day, a pastor may have to deal with a full range of emotions from the death or serious illness of a church member to celebrations of physical healing from hearing of a church member's personal spiritual struggles and tragedies to delving deep into spiritual issues while preparing for Sunday morning message, from dealing with petty criticisms to celebrating momentous experiences of a church member. The emotional roller coaster, day in and day out, can be very draining. This pastor also said, we are on call 24-7. When we go to sleep, we can be awakened by a phone call. If we take a vacation, it's rarely uninterrupted. Uninterrupted personal time is a luxury for me. Also, pastors need time for uninterrupted study. But there's always a crisis or a need of the moment that interrupts with the study. Um, we expect biblical sermons from Pastor Mark every Sunday, right? And he needs prayer and study to do that. But a pastor's schedule interrupts that day in and day out, and that's another stress. Here's another pastor, and this, this pastor sounds like Pastor Mark. He wrote, 
Rest is not an easy thing. When our get-it-done accelerator is stuck on the floor, does it sound like Pastor Mark? It's difficult to rest, he said. It was excruciatingly painful for me to take my first sabbatical after 14 years of nonstop ministry week after week. That's why taking a Sabbath must be done by faith. With faith, we are assured that God knows how to take care of matters in our physical absence so that we can cease from our own works. So this ties in well with my message this morning. It's obvious Pastor Mark is exposed to many stresses on a daily basis and work, works hard for us, and so does Pastor Christine. We therefore need to honor Pastor Mark by encouraging him to take that much-needed rest, which I believe we have. We also need to pray for Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine. They need specific prayer, not just bless our pastor. And so if you're writing, this down, if you're writing notes today, uh, please write these down because um, I think on your play, prayer list should be the following. Pray that Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine continue to strengthen their relationship with Jesus. Pray for God's continuing anointing of their marriage. Pray that God keeps them strong in the armor of God in order to repel the spiritual attacks from the enemy. Pray that Pastor Mark will remember that true success in ministry is measured by faithfulness to God. Nothing more, nothing less. Pray that Pastor Mark will con continually seek God's direction for the church. Pray that Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine will continue to speak the truth to us and to speak it with humility. Pray that they will continue to teach us sound Bible-based doctrine. Pray that they be blessed with supernatural wisdom. Pray that they be guided by Holy Spirit in every decision they make. Pray that Pastor Mark will receive the rest he needs. Pray that Pastor Mark receives help and assistance in the future so that, so that he can spend more time preparing his messages and not have to give as many messages in a given year. So if we pray these things for Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine, um, to not only support them, but encourage them and encourage Pastor Mark to take the sabbatical. Um, I read again 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 through 12, which says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. So making this verse specific to Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine. This is paraphrasing those verses. Dear brothers and sisters, honor Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine. They are our leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among us and give us spiritual guidance. Show Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, creator of everything in this vast universe, we thank you that you love us and care for us, that you have provided for us not only in the present, but also in the future when we will live with you in fellowship forever. Today, God, we focus on Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine. We pray that they continue to strengthen their personal relationship with Jesus, that God continues anointing their marriage, 
that God keeps Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine strong in the armor of God in order to repel the spiritual attacks from the enemy. That Holy Spirit encouraged Pastor Mark by reminding him true success in ministry is measured by faithfulness to God, nothing more, nothing less. That Pastor Mark will continually seek God's direction for the church. That Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine will continue to speak the truth to us and to speak it with humility that they will teach us sound Bible-based doctrine, that they be blessed with supernatural wisdom. We pray that they be guided by Holy Spirit in every decision they make. We pray that Pastor Mark will receive the rest he needs. We pray that Pastor Mark receives help and assistance in the future so that he can spend more time preparing his messages and not have to give as many messages in a given year. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus your beloved son. Amen. All right. So I hope, uh, hope what I said today is okay. And well, um, so uh, let's pray um, for anyone who wants to accept Jesus today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Maybe today you're moved to ask God to enter your life or want to renew your commitment to God, if that's you, just raise your hand. No one's looking. If you're online, just raise your hand. Maybe you felt not worthy of salvation because of the things you've done in your past, but want to enter into a relationship with God. If that's you, here online, raise your hand. There's no shame in that. Maybe you've thought that good works or being a good person will save you. Maybe you thought you were saved because you were baptized or prayed a prayer, all without experiencing a real change in heart. If that's you, raise your hand. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. If that's you, if anybody else? The good news is Jesus is calling right now for you to trust and believe in him, to trust that he's done all the work. He has paid the price for your sin in full, so you don't have to. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection means that your sins are forgiven. All you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ and receive his free gift of salvation so that you can live the abundant life with God here on earth and for all eternity. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. You are never too far from the love of God. God is willing right now to save you and forgive you of your sins and put you in the right relationship with him. That is the limitless love of God. If you raised your hand, or even if you wanted to raise your hand, but didn't because you're afraid others would see, if you are ready to receive God's free gift, all you have to do is pray the simple prayer to yourself. Say to, your, say to yourself, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. And I recognize that I need your forgiveness. I believe that you are the only begotten Son of God and that you shed your precious blood on the cross and died for my sins and you were resurrected on the third day and are now seated at the right hand of God. I repent my sins. I ask you forgive all my sins and I turn to you. You said in your word that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, I will be saved. For Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, 25, 
I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. I am saying right now that I believe you are the resurrection and the life, and that because of my belief in you, I will live even after physically dying. This very moment, I accept Jesus Christ as my own personal Lord and Savior. And according to your word, right now, I am saved. I ask you, Father, to fill me with Holy Spirit. I acknowledge that you have full control over my life. Help me to serve you and glorify your holy name and praise. And I praise you forever. Amen. All right, so if you prayed this prayer, <clears throat> we welcome you to God's family. As a brother and sister in Christ, and invite you to, to attend church. If you live far away, we ask that you pray that God leads you to a Bible-based church, a church of fellow Christians who can encourage and nourish your spiritual, spiritual growth. If you are at home, unable to physically attend church, we invite you to come back online every Sunday and visit our website at lfmi.church. Got one more prayer if you prayed this prayer. I and the church family have the following prayer for those of you who prayed this prayer. You bow your heads. Lord, we pray that the Lord fills you with the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit work to sanctify you and help you grow in your personal relationship with God, and that your life begins to reflect the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We also pray that you soften our heart to allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think so that you will learn to know God's will for you, which says, as it says in Romans 12, 2, which says, is good and pleasing and perfect. That's God's will for you. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's take a moment to reflect on the work that Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine do for us and pray that God continues to feed us in his absence. And we um, pray that God rejuvenates and infuses Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine with renewed, fresh motivation and vigor so that we can meet and overcome the challenges that we may face in the future.